Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of High School Not So Much a Musical. I am your host, Rishi Sinha, and today we are joined with a very special guest, Saurabh Nair, coming in from Dallas, Texas. He has a lot of great experience and insight that you high schoolers will learn a lot from. Um, and just to get started, Saurabh, can you tell us a little bit about what you currently do and where you currently work, just so that the high schoolers can learn a little bit more about you? Absolutely. Hey, Rishi, great to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Um, so I am currently the CFO at a private equity-backed uh, industrial networking business called Industrial Networking Solutions. They've been around for 25 odd years. I just started this position maybe about two and a half weeks ago. Before that, I've been a CFO at private equity-backed businesses uh, in the consumer space. Think more about you know shampoos, conditioners, skincare products. And I'm based here in Dallas uh, for the past decade or so. Okay, yeah, that's great to hear. And a lot of high schoolers, you have a lot of experience with skincare products because like, even if you go to Google and look up top 10 things in high school, number three is like acne. So yeah, that, that's pretty cool to hear. Um, and so for that, uh, high schoolers listening, if you don't know, uh, Sorb, he is an Indian immigrant and he did his MBA at Cornell University. So I think one, like one thing the high schoolers would love to know about is could you like describe your journey from India to the United States and what eventually led you to study at Cornell University? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've always been interested more on the accounting and math side, even um, when I was growing up in India. You know, uh, actually, unlike the US and India, you got to you kind of make the choice on what path you want to go down in right after 10th grade. So in 11th grade, I made the choice to focus on accounting and economics uh, and things like that. Uh, and after that, I got my child accountancy, which is the Indian equivalent of a CPA here in the US. And I was working with Arthur Anderson um, and then Ernst & Young in India. Uh, while I was there, one of my clients uh, in the tax consulting practice I was working in went through an M&A act, uh, activity or merger and acquisition activity, essentially. Um, and uh, they acquired a national, international uh, confectionery manufacturer, so candy manufacturer. And that really got me interested on the M&A side of things. And after doing some research and, and looking into my options, I realized that I really wanted to make uh, uh, my career on Wall Street, uh, or at least start my career on Wall Street, uh, where I could focus on more capital markets, uh, M&A uh, kind of activities. Um, and, the, and the most logical way, and quote unquote, the potentially easiest way for uh, me to get to uh, the US and Wall Street was to get my MBA at a prestigious university uh, in the US. And I chose Cornell um, because Cornell has a very strong immersion program um, for investment banking. Uh, they do the same for marketing, operations, consulting, uh, all the kind of um, major careers that you can uh, pursue here in the US as an immigrant. Um, and as part of the immersion program, uh, they give you exposure to all the different banks, uh, at least the top 10, 15 banks on Wall Street. And you get to have uh, like a very in-depth experience with case studies and things like that. So that really got me uh, interested in Cornell and led me to there, essentially. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice to hear. Um, I'm not too familiar with the emerging program. Are you talking about like an emerging leaders program or is it something different? Yeah, part of my accent there, Ishi, but I, what I meant to say was immersion. So um, Immersion with the I, right? Yes. So I, basically, okay. Okay, got it's it, a got very it, yeah. focused program on, on just that particular career path that you want to pursue. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. 
And I think you said in India, you have to sort of decide what you really want to do around like 10th and 11th grade and you chose accounting. So if you remember, do you know which classes you took or like in your undergrad or in your MBA? And if you do, which ones do you think had or were the most prominent in your career, you know, after college or like the ones that helped you the most? Yeah, um, you know, I think in high school and then leading into my undergrad um, and then even after that, I was doing as I was doing my chartered accountancy degree um it's not a focus on accounting so you know i took basics of accounting advanced accounting and even uh, a level after that specializing and focusing on um, either acquisition accounting or banking accounting and things like that um, there was a lot of uh, classes around economics um, statistics was an important lesson um, for um, for that uh, class as well uh, or for that career path um, and then eventually as i got into more of the finance aspect was accounting, um, I did a lot of uh, analysis classes which were focused on financial analysis, especially at my MBA, um, where you were looking at data and coming to conclusions after certain analysis and, uh, and trying to derive um, the right strategy forward for a particular business, um, as an example. So it was, a, it was certainly a mix of various, various degrees of, uh, of uh, accounting and finance focused classes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And um, so, like, as an Indian immigrant, did you face any challenges studying at like a really prestigious American university like Cornell? Because I know some of the high schools listening, they're not based in um, the US, and they might plan on applying to a college in the US. So uh, yeah, did you face any challenges uh, while studying at Cornell? Do, because you were an Indian immigrant? Yeah, and this may be somewhat specific just to to me, um, but and and I've I have not been in an Indian school in gosh over twenty years now. Yeah, yeah. But but when I went to school over there, the focus was a lot on individual study. Even in high school, then I was I was went to undergrad and then uh, my child accountancy. It was a lot of like individual study and um, essentially kind of memorizing concepts and then going for the exam. Um, and that I felt kind of. Um, shortchanged me when I came to Cornell um, because the experience in the U.S., especially at the MBA level, is a lot of uh, collaboration, a lot of teamwork, a lot of case study based situations, um, which I was not prepared to kind of take advantage of. Um, and I think that also kind of harmed me um, in developing a network in the first few months of me being on campus at Cornell. You know, look at the end of the day, an MBA is very valuable in terms of um, not just the studying, but also the network you develop out of it. Uh, and yeah. you know, the, the, the relationships you take out of the, the MBA program, because all of them have gone to like this very prestigious university and, and will be at some position of power or um, uh, in the in, in, in industry um, in a short order, right? So just having those relationships established early on um, and using them to better assimilate in the in the community was something which i certainly fell short on mm -hmm. okay yeah and i think that's the individual study is something that high schoolers can really relate to because when you go and you start applying to colleges and you get you know your acceptances rejections and wait lists one of the make or break decisions at least nowadays is 
like the professor to student ratio. Like is the professor going to be teaching a class of 30 students or is it going to be like a computer science class with 800 students and you don't really get to talk to the teacher or the professor at all and you're more of working with like TAs who are basically like alumni at the school. So yeah, I think individual study is um, something that might be different uh, for high schoolers and they might have to adjust to, especially when they go to college because at least in high school, you know, classes are maybe like 20, 25 students and uh, you get a, you get to have a really good relationship with the teacher, but it, it'll be different for a majority of high schoolers and when they go to college. But yeah, so I think now that we've talked about sort of your past and how you're able to uh, like transition from India all the way to an MBA at a prestigious university like Cornell, I think we should now direct the focus towards like what you do now. So um, can we talk a little bit about what key skills or qualities do you think are essential to succeed in the role as like a CFO? And how can high schoolers start to develop skills now? Absolutely. Um, you look, there's the technical aspect of the job, which essentially means you have to have some kind of knowledge of accounting, maybe some expertise in it. Um, you have to have uh, you know, some basic understanding around taxes how business operates, um, and certainly have the analytical ability to look at numbers um, and essentially take big data and, and morph it into a, a, a more comprehensible um, analysis uh, and then help drive the business forward uh, in that process, right? So, you know, but th those skills, uh, again, accounting, uh, financial analysis, statistics, everything can be learned and taught in uh, starting in high school, undergrad, and, and, and your master's programs, if that's the path you want to choose to, to go down. For me personally, uh, what is very important is the soft skills that are involved in, uh, in being a CFO. You know, and some of those include, you have to be an effective communicator. That's, I think, is number one key priority, is you have to learn how to be uh, better in communicating, better in understanding, uh, what the other person is saying, what the business needs, uh, what your business partners are trying to tell you. You know, collaboration is another key soft skill, which is important in this role. And by collaboration, I, it includes, for me, empathy, which is a listen first philosophy um, and listen actively, uh, as well as patience. Um, you know, you, you, you have to kind of put yourself in the other person's shoes as you're playing playing a leadership role in an organization especially at the uh, cfo level um, and the other two which uh, are important from the soft skill side uh, are ability to influence um, you know this is a key part of a cfo's responsibility is to is the ability to influence the ceo the other operating leaders in the organization and even the investors um, on, uh, on on what is the right choice uh, for the business uh, and that is that involves a lot of data uh, driven an, uh, analyses. Um, and the second one is just a business acumen, you know, which is somewhat learned as you as you enter the real world and you and you see a lot of businesses being operated and, and a part of different organizations. Uh, but the 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 motto should always be think customer first. You know, so I think as you put the customer hat on in any organization you go into, you will always kind of figure out the right business uh, angle to your problem or, or the solution you're offering or why the solution is being offered. Um, for me, those are the, the key skill sets that a CFO really needs in this, uh, in this modern world. Um, you know, from a high schooler's perspective, 
I think the best way to kind of um, develop these skill sets is to put yourself in situations which help you gain these skill sets. You know, you can be a leader uh, when you're working in a team uh, in a sport, for example, you know, uh, whether it's soccer or tennis or football, whatever it is. Um, you know, you can be a lead when you're doing team projects. Um, you know, if you're on student council, uh, for example, you have to kind of develop some of these uh, key skills of leadership, collaboration, effective communication, and ability to influence. Certainly put yourself uh, out there in terms of reaching out for different opportunities to develop these skill sets uh, and expose yourselves to various, different, various aspects of a business. Um, I think that's what I would tell a high schooler, you know, just be curious. Focus on learning about people and learning about what motivates uh, individuals. That will go a long way in developing the right skill set to be a CFO leader in an organization. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's great to hear. And that's some some great advice. I think, like, so what, what you're trying to say is, obviously, you know, there's the te technical aspect of, you know, being a CFO, but you can learn that. You can learn those skills and, like, that that knowledge in like high school and undergrad and like an MBA. But like what's really important is also like your people skills, how well you can communicate with others. And uh, I think you were really stressing the fact that uh, high schoolers should start developing that now. And like you listed a bunch of different ways they could do that by, you know, in a sports environment, by taking on team projects. Um, and it's sort of like this idea of like, well, if you're in high school and you know you want to be the CFO of a business, the way you can get there is by putting yourself in an environment that's similar to that. It's sort of like, for example, I play basketball, right? And if I want to jump higher, I get I jump higher by jumping more. Like you get better at that thing just by doing it more often. So I, I really like that idea and I feel like that can apply really well to this. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that was, that was some, like some really great advice. Um, and at least in high school, you know, with college apps and everything, we face a lot of stress, uh, you know, um, like, especially from like our parents pushing us for college. Uh, when you become a senior, you have to write, you know, thousands of essays. You also have like teachers that sometimes aren't the greatest and they have like assign a bunch of homework. But can you talk about a time or an experience where you faced a challenging situation in a role as CFO and how you were able to handle it well? For sure. I mean, there's been lots over my career, but certainly the, the most challenging I've been in has been during the uh, pandemic, um, you know, starting like March, April of 2020, I was CFO at a, at a beauty business um, and the world was just going south. You know, economy was tanking, consumers were not spending any money. So suddenly it became very unpredictable whether you could kind of sustain your cash flow, you could sustain your business and how long this, uh, this dip would uh, last. Um, right. I think I think uh, for me, the, the how I was able to keep up with it and handle it well uh, were two or three key aspects. One, you know, I think um, just being curious about the economy, just given my background and and just reading a lot about what was happening in the industry and the trends around that, um, kind of helped me gain a little bit of an upper hand um, on um, on what could be the potential downside scenario and how really worse it could potentially get. You know, of course, it was very volatile and unpredictable, but still having that uh, knowledge on how it had been, um, how they were being predicted to happen was certainly helpful. You know, um, and having been in the 08 crisis when I was on Wall Street, um, when again, we, the US economy went through a significant recession, 
and observing how the different C-suite clients I was working with were handling their cash situation helped me kind of drive some of my decision making in this um, in the, in the 2020 um, pandemic later recession. Um, the key aspect and the most important ones uh, I feel though were one always having multiple scenarios laid out as a CFO. You know, so you have to think about what's your best case scenario for your business and what that entails from an investment perspective and return perspective. What is your achievable scenario? And then of course a downside scenario. So every year when you do your annual budgeting process, you have to have those three scenarios and just keeping them updated on a consistent basis uh, helps kind of get ahead of the situation. And, and what that does is that it helps you act quickly and decisively. And that for me was the, the, the key aspect here was to act quickly and decisively whether it was in, in re, um, redirecting investment dollars into a channel which was still uh, open, for example, e-commerce, uh, or making hard choices in terms of uh, people and resource investment. Um, but it, has, it is important to certainly act quickly and decisively. And, and just having experienced that in the past really helped me handle the situation well. That's our show for today. Now roll the credits. High School Not So Much a Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal, Nitin Jaladanki, and Rishi Sinha. Narration by Samhit Padala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.